Hey, what's going on, Shammer? This is Malone with Get Some Bodybuilding Podcast. Got your message, and uh, I appreciate you reaching back to me. I'm uh, definitely excited to hear that podcast where you're going to answer my question. Super cool. Um, I also made a podcast uh, with your recommendation. So uh, I also plugged your podcast in it. Uh, Not sure if you're okay with it or not, so I haven't published it yet. But uh, if you're cool with it, man... um, I'm ready to hit that publish button, so you just let me know, um, but yeah, man, I appreciate the recommendations, and I appreciate you reaching back to me, um, I'm looking forward to uh, more of your episodes, man, I'm a big fan, uh, I've been listening for quite some time now, I don't know if you remember or not, but I also did a, uh, I, I did one of your tests, and I won a couple books off you, so uh, it, was, it was it was quite enjoyable, man, I like... Uh, welcome everybody to gray man hiding in plain sight i am your host shammer and that was malone i know it cut off there so if you want to leave a voice message like him which is a great way for me to answer questions if you have no problem with your voice going on the recording you have to use the anchor app or the anchor website Aside from any other platform you might be using, it has a message option to leave a voice message. You can download the Anchor app on your phone and just talk on your phone like it's the phone. The reason it cut off there is if you do that, you only have 60 seconds. He didn't know that. He did send me a second quicker message. I didn't, of course, play that. Repeats the same thing. I do believe, Malone, I didn't go look, but because you said you did the test, I think you're the one who did the videos I put up and did your assessment on them after I'd stopped the contest and I sent you those books. And I'm glad that you enjoyed them. For those that are listening, I'm just going to let you know right now, this thing going to be a typical podcast. This episode is not going to have anything to do with Gray Man. It's actually going to have to do with podcasting. I'm going to read his question and try to help him out. He is not the first person to ask me for help, but it's been asked enough. And since he went the extra mile in the effort and started his own show, I'm going to give him some advice on his question. So do understand this isn't Gray Man oriented. This is about podcasting and I'm doing this on here. I know it's outside the normal stuff, but I think some of you may be interested if He definitely was. It's very easy to start. He did it on himself using Anchor, which is a simple program to use. You can do it right on a phone or a tablet. You don't have to have a computer. You don't have to have a special microphone. You don't even have to have editing software of any type. And that's how simple it is. So to look into his question, what he sent me was, oop, that's the new one. Here's the question he sent. I've been listening to your podcast and I love the info you put out. I just wanted to let you know about my podcast I started. I'm really into fitness. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have known about the Anchor app, and that's where I started making my podcast. I would love your feedback, and I would love some recommendations on equipment so I can sound as professional as you do. Well, thank you for that. Again, I would really love your show, and I'm always going to be a consistent listener. Thank you for all that you do. So even though I'm going to answer his question, I am going to approach this in the way as though, for most of you that are still listening, this might be something that you're interested in. Now, the reason I'm doing this and not a video showing equipment is there is tons of that out there, and a lot of them are really good. If you look down in the show notes, I have two links in there. One is to his podcast. While it is a title with bodybuilding in it, I've already listened to the episodes, and he's covering everything in the area of fitness and bodybuilding. It has a wide range of topics. First one even has to do with an individual recovering from surgery. I believe that's what it was. And then um, he has an interview already. He's done with somebody on his fourth one, and he's going to probably post his fifth one before I'm done recording this. 
And I have no problem with you putting out my information on there and plugging me. I think that's great. I'm doing it for you in this show. So I hope you're okay with that too. I'm sure you are since you asked. So in general, doing something like this is actually pretty easy now, especially with the Anchor app. I am not affiliated with Anchor. I don't get any money for plugging them. David from DMR turned me on to it. It's very simple to do. It immediately puts you on four or five common platforms. Once you're up for a little bit, it puts you out on Apple. It immediately puts you on Spotify. Spotify owns Anchor. I don't know if they bought it or originally owned it. I don't know what it takes, but at some point, like my show, I'm on like 17 or 18 platforms. You can also eventually apply for Pandora. For you, Malone, you'll want to wait. Look up the requirements, but there's a certain amount of viewership you need to have. You can also get on iHeartRadio. So that's just a start. So as far as it goes, I do have a little bit of a background on this. I'm more of an enthusiast than anything. Guys that watch the live show always ask about my guitars. I went to church as a kid and got into what they called sound. That's all they called it. Basically, it was audio engineering, running the mixing board, doing the recordings, setting up the stage, the microphones, all that stuff. Felt like I learned a lot, was really into it. So before I joined the Army, so before I joined, I went to college, actually. I went to a very specific art school for audio production and found out I hadn't really learned anything when I was going to church, but I really enjoyed it. I worked in music studios, recorded some bands, worked with people doing that. I had, before that, when I went with the church stuff, I traveled around the Northwest in Canada doing that kind of stuff. I did play a little music. I'm not a musician by any means, but I did buy a lot of books and learn a lot of information, trying to learn terminology and understand that stuff and learned that my hearing was actually pretty exceptional. In fact, my hearing is so exceptional, I have a disability rating from the Army for hearing loss. Yet, even now, my hearing is far greater or better, I should say, than most people's. So the biggest thing about doing the podcast actually isn't about your production value. It's about having an idea, which you had. You have something that you're passionate about or enjoy that you want to talk about, share with people. It's easy to do. There's so many podcasts out there and so many new ones that started, but most of the new ones have only started in about the last three or four years. I believe the numbers are like a hundredfold or something. There's a place out there for everybody. If you look at what people are putting on Facebook or Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, there is a way for you to do it just in an audio podcast. The other thing is that it's simple to do with the Anchor app. You don't need any extra equipment to start. I think it's great that you want to make it better, and I think people should always strive for that. But there's plenty of podcasts with huge followings that have not even that great of audio. Now, I'm not saying their audio is terrible, but, like, yes, I do know mine sounds pretty good compared to most people's, and I can explain why throughout this episode. But they still get the following. Interesting thing, though, while audio is obviously the most important, if you watch enough YouTube videos, especially ones that talk about doing a YouTube channel or a video podcast, essentially... They will tell you audio is the most important. Unless you're shooting with an old camera phone, they'll tell you once you got a webcam, you want to work on your audio. So that's a simple focus for here. So I don't know what you have or what anybody's going to have, but I'm going to assume to make this simple, we're going to start from scratch. As we have nothing, we don't know a lot about it. We're starting with the Anchor app. I've got a show. I've got an idea. I've got an idea how often I want to publish I make my schedule, I got my show ideas, at least my first four or five, or even my first one, just to get it out there and get it started. And that's where you need to go, and you can just think that up. You can make notes, mind maps, you can do all the stuff, however you want to do it that's the most comfortable for you. But all you need is that idea. Now, while it's simple and easy to do, and those that aren't using the Anchor app, it has those transition sounds, like my original two transition sounds, and 
music interludes or whatever come off the Anchor app. The new one is royalty music that I have a uh, license for. From uh, It's related to a software I use. It's not from a specific website, although there's plenty out there. So it has a lot of cool little things. So the first upgrade to really look at, and all this costs money, some of it, but not all of it. The first thing to look at is recording software, and there's plenty of free stuff out there. I think Audacity is still free. That's what David from DMR uses is Audacity, I believe. Adobe Auditions out there, if you're into the subscription thing. I've tried both of those personally. I just didn't like how they looked. They worked fine. I, if I recall correctly, Audacity I preferred over Adobe, and it was free. But I got that because I wanted to work on my voice a little bit. And on my computer, the microphone actually wasn't that bad. I also already had a USB microphone. A microphone is plugged straight in your computer that I used on video podcasts years ago or YouTube. But I didn't like it. Now, I was ready to upgrade. So I wanted to get a better microphone. I did get a USB microphone. It's like a Shure MV51 or something. looks like an old retro microphone. It's not that bad. It's... It's a really good mic for people that are going portable with tablets and phones, especially when they're playing music. There's a really cool commercial, so I'm sure about them. It worked pretty well, and I used software. And the reason I used the software and not Anchor was so that you can adjust your settings, not just your volume, but what you what you can do instead of recording straight to the app, you record on the software, you can edit it on the software a lot easier and upload it to the app. And what these come with is at least an equalizer, at least an EQ, where you can change the frequency ranges in your voice to get a better sounding voice. Some of them, to some degree, will have things like compressors, de-essers, noise gates. These are all replicated after actual hardware to manipulate sound. So a compressor, I'm not even going to try to explain these things. Look these things up. There's plenty of videos out there, and it'll show you what they're going to do. And when you're looking them up, if you take a software like say you take audacity look for videos specific to how to use say a compressor in audacity for example or how to use this in audacity that way you'll get not only an understanding of what it does but you'll get to see how to do it that can help make your voice sound a little better now that being said no matter how good your voice sounds no matter how much equipment even if you have a producer it's still looked at like a skill form of communication a lot of it has to do with how you talk now, I've mentioned my speech thing, but I make a lot of little slip-ups and a lot of things like sibilance, a lot of the like s -s 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 sound or what we call plosives. So when you go P -p 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 too, too loud like that and it hits you really hard, a lot of that can be taken care of with software, but it comes from practice with speaking. Now, while I've been an instructor for years, I've talked in front of groups of people, so I don't play much with that, and I got my speech thing. I still had to work on it a little bit when I started recording. I still caught a lot of that stuff. It took me a lot of time editing. So one thing I'll say is give it a little time and practice as you're recording, especially if you get a software that you can edit because the practice of not just talking but doing it as a podcast, you'll get better at it. So there's times like just what we just had where there's a dead space of half a second, a second in between a sentence, and I say, I used to have to go through and edit almost those all completely out because of the sounds I would make or the breathing. And sometimes it's still in there, but I've gotten better at controlling my breathing when I do the podcast. Plus, because I'm on an editing software, it's a lot easier for me to start and stop. If I need to take a quick breath or something, if I'm kind of losing control of, of my speaking. 
Now, if you or anybody decides that's something you want to work on, you can actually get apps like on your phone that are set up like, you know, you pick a time of day and it tells you 5, 10, 15 minutes and you practice saying words and sentences to work on your speech. It's not really speech therapy. It's just helped you speak more clearly. And that's something anybody can look into that wants to do this because your bread and butter is made by what comes out of your mouth and what people hear in their ears, wherever they're hearing this. Some people don't care, but some people do. And it's more a matter of what's important to you. Now, after that, when you got that software, that's when you start looking into microphones because, you know, that's the most important piece, I think, of what's taking your voice in. There's so many microphones out there. Now, the thing is, if you don't have a lot of money to spend, you're not ready to upgrade to an interface, meaning something that can take a stage quality microphone and plug into your computer because they have different connections. USB is a USB. Stage quality is that's a made-up term I'm using, has XLR, that's got the three pins. Won't plug into a computer, you need a special interface. So USB microphones aren't that much. There's plenty that are around 100 bucks, even less. Some even more. Now, mentioning that link again, when you go in there to the playlist, it's an unlisted playlist. It's all podcasting stuff. Some of it is has to do with lighting for video podcasts. Some of it has to do with microphones and microphone reviews. Plenty of places to do them, but the guy that's in their podcast stage, he's been doing them for years. He does them all the same way. If there's a mic you find, he's probably done a video on it sometime in the last five years. There's ones in there about certain types of hardware, different ways to do it better. There's even one specific to doing it on Anchor, and it's just meant for anybody who's interested. Go to the playlist, look through there, find videos you want to watch, and check them out. They're all ones I've watched and looked at. I think there's only one I haven't viewed yet. And I've kept them in there for this purpose, but there's some I go back and check. Now, the thing about the microphone is, is the audio quality on a USB microphone as good as an XLR microphone? If it's the exact same mic with different connections, it's very difficult to tell the difference. But a re- even a common $100 microphone like an SM57, SM58 by Shure, oldest gold standard and stage microphone still used today, can be noticeably different than a USB microphone when it's coming in raw, meaning no software edited to it. That's going to depend greatly on your voice. Type of microphone is going to depend on your voice. That's why you want to watch these videos and see what people have to say about them. Now, moving on from there, say we've got that far. Looking at a better microphone, whether it's earlier or later, that has XLR inputs, you need some sort of audio interface. Focusrite makes ones. Those are some of the most popular. There's others that are very popular. Audio interface is just a box where you can plug an XLR mic into it. The box connects to your computer. It's got like a little volume knob, and that's about all it is. And it's so you can use that higher quality microphone on your computer. You're not really going to get any benefit out of using a XLR mic and an interface going straight into the Anchor app. It's possible you could notice the difference, especially if you spend a lot of money on a microphone, but you're going to be better off having some sort of software that you've learned how to use. And then when you get the better microphone, it'll be a much more noticeable difference. And there's plenty of software out there for free. Like if you're using a Mac computer, just start with GarageBand. You don't need to buy their big logic tools or whatever it's called. That's meant for like people making albums. You don't need that. If you own it, you want to use it, that's fine. But you don't need that. GarageBand is simple. There's plenty of others you can look at. You can buy It's whatever works best for you. I would just say take a look at them, watch some videos. They all do cool stuff, but which ones are you happy? Do you like how it looks? Do you like how easy it is to use? What works best for you? 
Now, upgrading from that interface, one of the things I use is made for podcasting. It costs like five or 600 bucks. It's called the Roadcaster Pro. It's made by Rode. It looks like a small mixing board. It's made for podcasting, especially on the go. It's designed with four different mic inputs, so you and three other guests can be hardwired in. You know, it has the little sliders for attenuation, meaning adjusting your volume. It has the overall volume. There's individual volumes for each person's individual headsets. There's a speaker volume on it. You can run it straight into your computer like I do, but it also will take a memory card like a camera, and you can record on the memory card and then upload it to a computer later if you go mobile. It has a specific cell phone thing on it where you can hardwire a cell phone in and take a phone call while you're doing interviews. I'm mentioning this. I wasn't going to mention this until I saw you did an interview because I don't know where that guy was. I don't know. Maybe he was with you, but it makes it so that you can plug the phone in, take a phone call, and you can even do it on a live broadcast. Like when I do live YouTube, I could take a phone call if I wanted to because I have the Rodecaster. has another connection exactly the same meant for Bluetooth, meaning... If you had a second phone or a tablet, you could hardwire one, Bluetooth the other one. You could take two separate calls if you wanted to. There's all kinds of options of what you can do with this. It comes preset with simple buttons for microphones. Basically, the five or six Rode mics they make, which start out at 100 bucks for the pod mic, up to the ones that are like 500 bucks. Then it has one for the RE20 by Electrovoice. That's the mic I use, which I'll get into in a second. It has general settings for dynamic and condenser mics. There's two different types of microphones. Look those up so you understand what they are. But here's why I mention this. So David just got a Rodecaster Pro. Now he got it from me as a gift, not because I'm rich. It's because he put me through some training that he does that he now charges like $2,500 for that at the time he charged $1,200 for. And he didn't want me to pay him. And so... How I ended up with a second Rodecaster is another story, but I gave it to him. He's using an SM57, I think. He's using an old, they're still good though, but it's the mic's been around for a while. His mic's been around for a while. It's an old like SM57 by sure. He used to use it when he did radio broadcasts. When he plugged it in the Rodecaster, I helped him set it up and he set it to dynamic mic because it didn't have a preset. It didn't sound all that bad. It sounded a lot better. But then David started thinking, and he went through the road presets for the more expensive microphones. And when he chose one of those microphones is about 300 bucks. He sounds great now. He just did that like yesterday. So his next podcast, he's going to sound golden. The point being is, if you have the money to buy a roadcaster and you watch videos and you think, you know what, that's exactly what I want. And let's say you had 500 bucks to spend. I think it's five or 600. Instead of buying five or $600 mic, I would buy the roadcaster. And then I'd buy a $100 mic, whether it's the Rhodes Pod mic or it's like an SM57, an SM58, something like that. Then when you're learning how to use it, you can go through the presets of the more expensive mics and it may come out that you have a really good sound right out of the chute. It also has built-in de-esser, oral exciter, decompressor, noise gate, all these other cool effects. What's nice about those, in the default setting, you just turn them on or off. Now, personally, that's all I do. It has a more advanced setting where you can go in and adjust all the different settings, ratios, thresholds, time limits, all this other stuff, which you don't want to mess with if you don't, have to, don't know how to do it. I went in there and did it. End result, didn't like it. I think I mentioned it on a podcast. I had one or two podcasts where I tried it. did not sound as good as I do now. I went back to the default settings. 
turned off the advanced stuff and just went and used the push button ones, got the sound I got now. Now, going back to this microphone, one thing you don't want to get caught up in, I, I don't know what all your hobbies are, things you're into, except for fitness. But one thing I'm sure that you know when it comes to, say, fitness gear, there is something to be said about the quality of gear that you buy, its longevity, its durability, how good it is. But that doesn't mean you can't work out if you don't have expensive gear. There's ways to work out without gear. It's just a question of what you want and what fits best for you. Just like you surely know that all these guys in fitness magazines that look like monsters, they didn't get there by doing the workouts they're doing now. They did other workouts to build up to that. A lot of people don't understand that. The point to that is this microphone is not a microphone I would recommend for most people. If you've seen the videos, you can tell by looking at it, probably recognize it or can find it. It's the old style and still used today in radio. Part of its design can give you that deep radio voice. I don't quite go that far in the voice because I like to keep it more like I sound, just slightly enhanced. But it's also much better for naturally deeper voices, which I have. If I was to recommend a microphone in the $500 price range, the one I think works for most people is the Shure SM7B. That's the mic that almost everybody uses. Just go watch any Joe Rogan podcast. Those are the mics they're using. As soon as you see that mic, you're going to realize it's everywhere. It's a very common microphone. It works better for most people. Deeper voices, especially if they're more of a smooth talker, they don't talk super, super fast or harshly, and they have a good speaking voice or relatively decent speaking voice, the microphone I have would work, but it's not good for most people. It just doesn't quite get to sound, in my opinion. But it's all up to the money you want to spend and what you want to try out. But there's a lot of things there. But I would say always work on your speaking voice. When you get editing software and you're working on that, one nice thing about it is you can do test recordings. So even if you're not getting into adjusting your EQ and stuff yet, you can just practice talking. Or if you're messing with your EQ or a compressor, you can talk and check it out. You don't want to sit there and just go check, 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 one, two, three. Pull up something that's easy to read that's like a sentence or two long that buys you five to eight seconds of recording that you can just read it. Make a simple change, read it again. That way you're hearing the same thing the same way and you can hear the differences in the sound. That will help you find that sound. One of the things I do, it's really only twice now, but I actually, well, actually it's three times. When I do a podcast, I arguably listen to it three times. So I listen to it the first time when I'm recording it. As I'm talking, I'm catching myself more and more often doing stuff, finding longer periods of time where I don't have to take breaks or, or stop and quickly identifying spots I can fix right away. The second time is I go through and I listen to it and I watch the waveform where it shows the volume, you know, how big it is. And I listen for little ticks and sounds or breaths. And then I go in and edit them out. Your softwares all have a way to go in and like delete it or slightly move it without messing up, you know, the timing of your speaking, which you can learn to do through the software. Then what I do is when I'm done with it and I publish it, I go and listen to it. And while I can listen to it on Anchor, what I do is there's only two podcast apps I tend to use. One is Apple Podcasts. Takes a little while to get up there and then Pocket Casts. And then I go listen to them to see how they sound. I'm in that habit now because when I first started doing this, I had about eight or nine podcast apps on my phone everywhere I could find it. I went through and would listen to portions or on shorter ones, I would listen to the whole podcast. You know, pieces of it where I had longer speaking portions 
two or three minutes on each one for a couple of reasons. One, I was looking for, I knew they were all going to sound different than they did. I was looking for, is there something, a way I'm speaking that was more dramatic or overbearing or not as good that seemed to be somewhat consistent on all of them or really bad on one of them? And then I would work on trying to fix that. I was also trying to figure out which one sounded the best. In my opinion, Apple Podcasts and Pocket Cast, as in your front pocket, do sound the best. They also have the strongest amount of volume, and they're the ones I use the most. The only reason I don't use one and I use two is there's podcasts that aren't on Apple Podcasts that I find in Pocket Cast. So you always want to test and work on your sound and do the test recordings and play them back. And then when you're doing the podcast and you go back and you listen to what you're doing, you get a sense of how it's going. It's no different than if you were doing a video. If you were doing a video and you recorded footage and you put it all together and you edit the video, you'd still go through and you'd watch it more than you'd listen to a podcast, but you'd definitely watch the whole thing through before you publish to make sure it sound good. You're not even going that far, but you're putting more in than most people would when they do a podcast. You'll start picking up on things. And what that'll give you are things that you want to improve on. Are you going to improve on all of them right away? Sometimes maybe, depending on what they are, but a lot of times no, but you can work on, here's what I want to make better for my next one. And that's what I always try to do. Now, my brand, I guess it's a brand. I'm doing it in multiple places. I'm also training and teaching people now under the title instead of a potential contract. And so I'm doing this in several places. You don't have to do that, but you can eventually branch out to there if you want to. You could eventually have a YouTube channel if you wanted to. You could record your podcast on camera for YouTube and then take the audio and do it up on here. There's ways to do that. You can learn all that stuff. So those are probably simpler recommendations than you were looking for. There's a lot of good brands out there for everything you're looking for. Mics are important. You don't have to spend $500. You definitely don't have to spend more than that. If I had the money, I would get a Neumann U87. They're like $4,000. They're amazing. And I know I've used them before. I know how I sound in them. I know how to talk through them. I used this microphone before I was in college. I used, it was one of our kick drum mics. I used it as a speaking mic when I narrated things. So I already knew what I was getting into. But the biggest thing is figuring out what you want to work on, what you want to improve, and doing it based on how often you're available. I'm at the point now, like I'm, I've told people, I'm retired. I do whatever I want. I make enough money doing nothing. So I choose to, I don't do it every day. Almost every day I do something to work on the whole gray man thing. Some days, all I'm doing is a podcast like this. Some days I'm going through and retagging videos on YouTube, or I'm coming up with a list of projects. Some days I do it all day. It's rarely, but once, twice a week, I actually sit down for like eight or 10 hours and I do stuff or I develop training material. You don't have to do that. A lot of people don't have that time, but figure out the little things you want to work on and make them better. Overall, the focus is the sound. Now, why you can sound somewhat better with better gear. You'll sound better overall if you focus on what's going into the gear, not the gear itself, meaning focus on how you're communicating. How many times do you say and or um? How many times do you smack your lips? I'm always editing those out. How many times are you too much sibilance in your speech? So I'll get close to the mic. Too much sibilance like that, the S sound, or too much of the plosives. What are things you can work on about how you talk that you can practice? Because you're talking all the time. If you put a little thought into it, you might start catching yourself doing it while you're at work or talking to somebody. You'll catch it. Maybe it irritates you, but you're like, 
you're recognizing it more now. You'll naturally start getting better at it despite how much you work on it. So even if you work on it more, you'll get even better. So I would work on those first and then developing what you're going to do on your show. I'm sure you've got a ton of ideas. The other thing too is you can look at, there's plenty of people I'm sure out there talking about all kinds of stuff you want to and have talked about. Go see what they're doing. I wouldn't say copy them. You'll get good ideas. You'll probably find things you think you can explain better. No, for sure you can explain better. You know, you'll you'll find all kinds of great stuff out there. And you can, oh, yeah, I should probably talk about this. How are people talking about this? Maybe you can branch out the idea a little bit. You know, maybe you interview somebody and just show ideas. You know, you do like supplementation at some point and creatine or whatever. And then you get somebody on that's like a doctor or health expert, not a fitness guy. You know, what kind of ideas can I come up with to make my show better? What kind of people, where can I get my information other than where I'm getting it now to expand the attraction to people without going outside the limits of what my focus is? That's going to help make your show better. Working on any little nuances you find and how you communicate is going to make it better. And then eventually, if you don't have it already, getting some sort of software you can start working with that gives you the opportunity to do recordings, hear what you sound like, do some editing, and make those changes. Nice thing is that's all free. It gives you the opportunity to see how much time and effort you can put into it. It lets you know kind of what kind of schedule you can have. You've done it for a while. You'll know if you're still passionate and want to do it. Then that's the time you start looking at putting money into it, unless you got money to burn. If you don't got money to burn, you've definitely given yourself an ample opportunity. You worked on things, made them better, and you decide, is this something I really want to continue? And by that point, you probably will. Then you can feel more comfortable. Because the last thing you want to do is dump money into anything, especially if it's something you're not really skilled at or an enthusiast or hobbyist in at a minimum. And then think, yeah, you know, I sound better. I spent $1,000 and I sound better, but I don't I don't sound as good as I want to. And it's just understanding that I appreciate that you say I sound professional. I, I try to, at least in the sound, but it's a mix of, yes, gear matters for what I'm doing. Part of it is just speaking experience. Some of it's just the digital stuff of the EQ compressor and all that with the gear. And then my ability to go in and edit and pre-plan my shows what I'm going to talk about now. A thing I want to mention too is even if you're not going to go listen to your show on a bunch of podcasts or depending on how much time you have, one of the things I do is I record with headphones on. And now that I've done this enough, I don't wear the headphones for playback anymore. But what I do is I, I started doing that initially because on the headphones, it was easier to hear things. Then when I play it back, I would, I have external speakers I would play it through. And then I would flip back and forth while listening to it from my external to my normal computer speakers, thinking that's probably somewhat of a, rep- a representation of what a lot of people are listening through, just to see the sound difference, because I wanted to make sure that it was clear in both, and that it wasn't too like boomy sounding or deep sounding, which is something my voice would definitely have the possibility to do. So it's just figuring all that stuff out. So that being said, look in the show notes down below, right under the description for this episode. It says in this episode, and you'll find those two links, one is podcast about bodybuilding, which let me look real quick. I'll tell you what it is. It's called Get Some Bodybuilding Podcast. Get some. And it also has podcasting videos as a link to an unlisted playlist I have for all things about podcasting, 
videos I like and I endorse. There's plenty of them out there. Take advantage of YouTube when you're learning how to use gear, do something new. It's definitely there for a good reason. Remember that it's great. Like, like in this situation, you want to emulate my sound, but do understand you'll never truly emulate my sound because your voice isn't the same as my voice. But that doesn't mean you can't sound as good. You're just not going to sound the same. Takes a little time, a little effort. Make sure you guys check all this stuff out. Check the rest of the stuff in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I do something like this again, I'll warn you, it's going to be very, very rare. I appreciate everybody that stuck around and listened to it or thinking about starting a podcast. Again, I am no expert. I can only tell you what I've done, what little experience I've had, and I can definitely try to help any of you out because the best thing about it, things like Anchor, it's free. So thank you for listening, and we'll be here again for you shortly right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.